0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the She Leaders Podcast. My name is Nicole, and this is day, I don't know, 355 of this whole staying at home thing. What incredibly different, difficult, uncertain, heartbreaking, discouraging, and you know what scary time we live in. There are days when I am productive, feeling good, enjoying being home and working from home. I enjoy having the whole family working from home or doing school. I have all my baby birds in the nest and it feels good. Then there are the other days the days when this isolation feels endless and hopeless. When I'm working, but I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. When work runs into dinner time, then dinner time. Runs right back into work time and then it's bedtime and you know that you'll wake up the next day and it'll look the exact same as it has for the last month. Then there are interruptions, the endless interruptions, and not just from the other people living in the house, but from your own thoughts, the worry, the anxiety, the pressure, the sadness about the present and the future. The load just seems to get heavier, and the outlook bleaker, and the future is just so unsure. 2,000 years ago, times were uncertain, scary, and dangerous, and it felt like things couldn't get worse for the world. The Savior had arrived and lived 33 years on this earth, and now everything was about to change. Jesus was condemned to die. As you can imagine, As you can imagine, the disciples were devastated. They had followed Jesus, learned from him, believed in him, and they believed him when he said he was the Messiah they had been waiting for. See, Jesus was supposed to right the wrongs, bring peace to an unsettled world, hope to the hopeless, healing to the sick and broken, justice to an unjust world, integrity to a corrupt government. He was supposed to bring heaven to earth. They believed Jesus. They trusted him. They followed him, even though they were mocked, made fun of, threatened, disowned, and belittled. Now, what were they supposed to believe? What were they supposed to do? You may be feeling the same way. God, I I trusted you. I believed you. I follow you. I have a relationship with you. And now the country is closed. My income dried up. My loved ones in the hospital. My fear through the roof. My anxiety and worry overwhelming. My kids and spouse depend on me. And I have nothing more to give. Where are you? Is this the end of hope? You were supposed to bring hope. You were supposed to bring peace. You were supposed to make everything okay. Of course, to the disciples, Jesus' death meant the end of Jesus, right? The end of hope, the end of of the Messiah, the end of peace, the end of change. To some of us, this feels like the end of what was good. It, It may not have been perfect, but it was better than what you have now. It may not have been everything you wanted, but it was more than you have now. The feeling of doom and like the best is behind you just lingers like a heavy fog around your heart and in your mind. The disciples knew what they knew. Human as they were, they could only see what was presently happening. They didn't know that everything they knew and believed was about to reveal itself in the most spectacular way. See, Jesus, on the other hand, he wasn't worried. He spent time with the disciples. He knew what was going to happen. He had a relationship with them. He taught them. He did all he could do to prepare them for this. Jesus tried telling them that after his death, a new beginning was just around the corner. Jesus has told us the same thing. He is, he is invested in us. He's brought the Bible to us, has a relationship with us, telling us that the best is yet to come. But after all that one-on-one time with Jesus, the disciples didn't get it. They mourned his death. They were afraid of the future. They were trying to figure out what to do next. Their, every waking moment was consumed with sadness, despair, mourning, hurt, anxiety and every other emotion you can think of. I know you can relate to those disciples right now. We all can. Romans 8, says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So you may not see it now. You may not feel it right now, but I believe we're on the precipice of another beginning. There is. So much hope in this scripture. He says he will work it all out for the good of those who love God. The disciples loved their God. Their lack of understanding of the current events didn't change that. Their mourning the present as they could see and understand it didn't change the fact that they loved their Savior. God sees your heart and he knows you love him. And he's going to work all this out for good for those of us who love him. The disciples, they didn't have the scripture to lean on. They didn't have this kind of hope written for them, but we do. We don't have to go through this time mourning our losses. We don't have to be hopeless about the future. We have an opportunity to come out of this time changed, renewed faith strengthened, hope overflowing, Jesus loving, and ready to change the world for him. Second Corinthians 4 says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. During this time, time, my mind is drawn to this part of the verse over and over and over again. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We can wonder about the present and the future. We can give time and space to the what-ifs that plague the world right now. We can run through scenarios and find possible solutions. We can acknowledge that the bank account and the pantry is empty and look for ways to fill both. But because we know God is with us, working behind the scenes, raising to life what was dead in unseen spaces, because we know that he works all things for good for those who love him, we do not have to be driven to despair. We do not have to be driven to despair. What you believe today, what you focus on today, what you do today will determine who you will be on the other side of this. I believe that God wants to use this time to prepare you for all he has planned for you on the other side of this. We can't leave our house. We, we can't gather in churches. We can't meet in small groups. There are so many can'ts that it feels like all things are we can'ts and that everything has to stop until we're allowed to go back to them. We now know the church is not guaranteed to always be there when we want them to be. We can't meet together for prayer, studying or encouragement and that the freedoms we have are a gift not promised. But there are so many cans. We can talk to God whenever we want. We can grow closer to him in our homes. We can worship him in the midst of silence or the noise of a full house. We don't need to be led in worship. We can lead ourselves in worship. We don't have to gather in person. We can gather on screens. We don't have to be filled up at church. We can be filled up in the presence of God anywhere and at any time. We can learn anything we want, grow as much as we want, build as much faith as we want, trust more, love more, learn more, and rest more in God's word, right where you are. Here's what I've also determined. If we want to see the church stronger, wiser, faith-filled, seeds-filled, and set on fire, then we have to emerge that way. We, you and me, or the church. And the church lives on because we determined that it will. But the strength of the church will reflect the strength you build up in isolation. The faith you have or don't have will be evident when we all come back together. The time you spent with God or didn't will be plain to see when we emerge. My family has moved a few times, plus a few more. <laughs> And every time we pack up our house in boxes and put them in pods or moving truck and wave goodbye to them, it will be weeks, sometimes even a few months before we see our stuff again. And every single time I'm excited to open boxes and see everything again. But there is always a bit of surprise involved. See, some of the stuff that I pack up because I think still looks new or feels new or maybe I just like it doesn't always look the same way after it's been packed away and time has gone by. I'll take some stuff out of the box and put it into the new house and all of a sudden it looks old. The the crack is more visible, the shine gone, it looks worn and used and even though it looked good in the last home, now that it's in the new space I can see that it should have been given away or refreshed or repurposed. We are going to emerge into a new world. A world that will shine a fresh light on our walk with Christ, a stronger lens on our faith. The time we spent in our boxes will reveal how well we weathered the change. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, and hope, faith, courage, boldness, and passion rose with him. It is my prayer that when we, the church, Rise up after this time in seclusion. We will rise up with hope, faith, courage, boldness, and passion to be the church and to change the world for Jesus. Today, you have an opportunity to start something new, to open up your Bible, pick a verse, and focus on it. Allow God to speak to you word for word, allow Him to encourage you and infuse hope into you. Allow him to penetrate the space you're in, in your heart and in your mind. What we focus on is what we absorb. If you're focusing on Jesus, you will absorb all things Jesus. Hey, I want to invite you right now. Uh, We have a Facebook group on uh, Facebook and it is called She Connects. And we have three focuses. One, connect with God. Two, connect with people. Three, connect the dots. And Connect With God is every Monday we start with the scripture. And that scripture we challenge ourselves to memorize during the week. And we focus on word for word. Exactly what it means. How God wants to speak to us. Not just reading a whole chapter. Not just reading a whole book trying to get in as much Bible as we can so we feel better about ourselves. But instead allowing our souls to absorb one verse. And this week, it just happens to be three verses. <laughs> it's in Psalm 23, one through three. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. And as we got together on Monday for Connect with God, and we read through this scripture, I asked these ladies, if one thing, just one thing sticks out to you, if one thing gets absorbed, it's those, that very first line, the Lord is my shepherd. It's a declaration. It's not just a declaration to the enemy and to the hardships of life, but also it's a foundation and it's also submission it's in god i trust you i will follow you I'll, I'll let you make me lie down in green pastures you will lead me beside quiet waters you refresh my soul you guide me along the right path it's such an amazing scripture not only does it bring peace because of the mental image it gives but it also is a declaration the lord is my Shepherd. If you don't already, you should follow us or find us on Facebook. It's called She Connects. Again, we connect with God, connect with people, connect the dots. I go live on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you should join us because we would absolutely love it. We're an amazing group of women who love God, who want to grow, want to encourage each other, want to sharpen each other, and want to mobilize for the kingdom of Christ and for the causes of Christ. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope that as you are in your home, that you're focusing on God, that you allow everything you've learned before about him, the time you've spent with him, give you the strength to go forward, give you peace in the midst of it, give you courage to face it, and also joy that you get to spend it with your Savior. I love you guys, and we will see you here next time.